Well, hey, hey there, Chunkies. It's Carter here, the guy that you're normally hearing on your Mondays and Tuesdays, but uh, you're going to hear a different voice on this one. You're going to wish you saw the face of this voice, but this was one of our uh, original members. This was David. Uh, David left the podcast because David had a baby and those kind of things happened. But here's the twist. That baby is me. So enjoy this wonderful podcast with Jordan, Doge, and my dad. And uh, I hope it's super. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. If you want to be the first to know when we drop new episodes, subscribe to us on the iTunes store. Here's the show. I feel like I'm hunched over more than I usually am. The Incredible Hunch. So are you guys ready to talk about The Incredible Burt Wonderstone? <laughs> That's a movie I watched yesterday. Are we ready to do this? We're talking about The Incredibles, right? We're talking That's about Mr. Mr. Megorium's Wonderful Corium. <laughs> March of... Penguin. Penguin. <laughs> it's Hulk Locker, right? <laughs> oh, we're talking about uh, Hulk. <laughs> 2003's Hulk, directed by Ang Lee. <laughs> Eric Bana in this movie, am I right, guys? Is yeah, it guys. Bana or Banya? Bana. Is it? Yeah. You know that? You know it's, it's like no. Cavill. <laughs> it's in like Bruce. It's in like Bruce Bana. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk, our movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week, always and forever, I'm your chunk. I'm Doge, and I can promise you, you wouldn't like me when I'm chunky. (laughs) (laughs) Funny, because when I get angry, I become the incredible hunk. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. Timely. Oh, it's good. It really is. Inappropriate, even. (laughs) But, uh... This week, we're super excited to be talking about the 2008 masterpiece, The The Incredible Hulk. Hulk. So, without further ado, let's (laughs) kick it on over to Dweez for a synopsis. So, The Incredible Hulk begins uh, with a title sequence that actually has the Hulk's origin story playing under it, Mm -hmm. um, which is an interesting choice. I can't help but think that that decision was made because this was coming so hot on the heels of 2003's Hulk Oh, we'll get there, baby. Oh, we'll get there. That's not your job is to (laughs) make these kind of points yet. We need a synopsis. (laughs) (laughs) So, The Incredible Hulk opens with with his origin story under the credits, about which I have nothing whatsoever to say at this point in time. Uh, And then... (laughs) we we establish a history between Bruce Banner and Dr. Elizabeth Ross and her father, General Thaddeus Thunderbolt. I didn't know that yet. Spoiler. Is that not in the the opening credits? Yes, it is. It is in the opening credits. Well, I think we're supposed to assume that we know. No, you're not. A hundred percent yes. One thousand percent. They have the same last name. It doesn't hide it. They never call her Betty Ross. They do. They literally name tag that says Dr. Elizabeth Ross. There's a name tag. That's supposed to be something that you find and catch. No. Yes, you're not supposed to know that. That's the dad until she screams dad of the tank. If you can can read. He calls her when they're in her house. He says, does the general know that you have this? That's because they're shielding the fact that that's her dad. No. And she says, I haven't talked to the general. You're lying. Years. I promise Why are you, you lying? What What are you gaining from this by lying to us? <laughs> you, are, you are making the assumption that because you read this her name this, that every hey. audience member is going to be like, Ross, Ross, uh, what? No, that's not going to happen. This is the no. synopsis part of the show. But you made it about something <laughs> more. <laughs> you did this, <laughs> This is on you. So we open and... Bruce Banner uh, has been a hundred and something days without incident. Uh, and yeah. he is, he is hiding out in Rio de Janeiro. Um, uh, he has been in contact with a guy in the States 
known only as Mr. Blue. He refers to himself as Mr. Green hmm. because that's hilarious. <laughs> hey, uh, let me let me ask this real quick. Are we? Am I correct in interpreting that he has been on the run for five years? It's been several years. Yeah. I think they address at one point. Uh, I'm pretty sure Ross says like, like he he hid from us for five years. He could do it again if he wanted. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't feel like they made a big enough deal about the fact he's that been on he's, the run. Yeah, he's been on the run for a very. I long I feel time. like he should be significantly raggedier, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's basically yeah. homeless living in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think anyway, we are we are getting bogged down in this <laughs> synopsis. <laughs> we are literally swamp. ten minutes in this movie. <laughs> uh, so he <clears throat> eventually Thunderbolt Ross uh, hires Emil Blonsky, who is. Uh, born in Russia, raised in Russia, then British Special Forces, and now is in the U.S. Hires Emil Blonsky uh, to essentially lead a, a task force to track down Bruce Banner. <gasps> Thunderbolt Ross says that he wants uh, the creature that's in Bruce's blood. He wants to be able to extract that, and the weaponize. audience is is left to assume that we mean he wants that he means that he wants to weaponize it. That's what Bruce says. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, after after a drop of his blood falls three stories into a bottle of soda at the plant where he works, um, his location is tipped off. And so Thunderbolt Ross's task force uh, arrives in Rio de Janeiro and we get an absolutely fantastic chase scene through Brazil, mm -hmm. uh, culminating in the very first Hulk out of the movie. The Hulk is kept mm -hmm. in the shadows. We don't really see the Hulk. Yeah, you see his face at the very end, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so... Uh, Bruce, or I guess Hulk, actually soundly defeats the task force. Um, they're no match for the Incredible Hulk. Uh, and then he, we're left to assume that he flees Guatemala as a Hulk because he wakes, or he flees Brazil as a Hulk Guatemala. because he wakes up in Guatemala as yep. Bruce Banner. Um, at this point, he uh, he makes it his mission to get back to the States and to retrieve the data on his blood because Mr. Blue, who is helping him work on a cure, needs more information from him, needs more DNA samples so that he can uh, effectively synthesize some sort of treatment for the Hulk. Yeah. Um, along the way, he is pursued by Thunderbolt Ross's task force led by Emil Blonsky, um, culminating in a showdown at a college in Virginia uh, where his ex-girlfriend, Betty Ross, who is the daughter of Thunderbolt Ross, which we're apparently not supposed to know. At this point, she's just Betty. She's just Betty. Uh, <laughs> Unless you're very keen on little details like that. They So they meet up again. They meet up again, and it turns out Betty has been keeping the data this whole time on a flash drive. Yeah. Um, and so they... In a jewelry box. In a jewelry box. Uh, so they... they uh, <laughs> With a box of scraps. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, they meet up at the college to say their goodbyes. Bruce is going to go up to New York. York where uh, Mr. Blue is mm. uh, and as they're hugging he sees um, members of the task force oh, on on the college campus and so he says Betty we have to run we have to get out of here he swallows the flash drive in yeah. what somehow manages <laughs> to be one of the most gross sequences in a Dude, movie about body transformation he puts it deep Dude, he, does. Yeah. he like, uh, like goes yeah. all the way I'd back be like I I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I just go hold this, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, all right, Hulk, you got one job to do. I'd wait and swallow it as the Hulk, I think. I think he probably has a stronger gag reflex than Hulk, me. Hulk would chew that thing. <laughs> um, it's like a tic tac. So, I'd be like, I'd hide it in the, in the bookshelf. I mean, Dave, David Bleach would hide it in the bookshelf. <laughs> Unbeknownst to Bruce Banner, uh, Thunderbolt Ross has kept some sort of version of 
the the gamma serum that was used on him. Yeah. It's an attempt to recreate the serum that turned Captain America from skinny <clears throat> Steve into beefy Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he has at Emil Blonsky's request, he has used that on Blonsky to make him a super soldier, a super soldier essentially. Uh, and it appears to work at first. And so in this conflict, Blonsky is like at the the pinnacle of he's like peak human. Yeah. Um and we're Which is as, Captain America. It Captain is yeah. peak human. And so we're we're it's demonstrated to the audience in this that even peak human is not strong enough to stop the Hulk. Mm-hmm. The Hulk wins again and Blonsky is left beaten, bloodied and mangled. Presumably like on on the edge of death. Yeah. yeah. So Bruce and Betty together yeah. flee. Uh Bruce as the Hulk. Uh or as Hulk. I'm sorry, the character's name is Hulk. Uh Bruce yeah. As Hulk flees the scene, um, and he and Betty take refuge in a cave during a thunderstorm with a box of scraps. With a box of scraps, <laughs> in which and during this sequence, we box see that <laughs> we see that the Hulk has um, at least some instinctual level of cognition mm-hmm. uh, and recognition of Betty, because the Hulk acts protectively, uh, acts to protect Betty in the thunderstorm, yeah. um, and in the college, and in the college, exactly, uh, and so. From this point, they uh, make their way up to New York City. They meet with Mr. Blue uh, and they begin. Mr. Blue begins working on a cure. Mr. Blue is Samuel Stearns, a character from the comic books. Um, So Mr. Blue uh, straps Bruce to a table and injects him with uh, what he believes to be a cure after inducing a Hulk out on the table. So he induces the transformation as Bruce begins to transform. They inject him with this serum uh, and it turns him back into human Bruce. And so what they're saying uh, after that, uh, he's cured. They, they say he's cured, um, but they're not sure if it's a cure or just a preventative treatment for this one particular episode. Yeah. Um, and then Samuel Stearns takes Bruce back into the back of his lab where he finds samples and samples and samples and samples of his blood that uh, Samuel Stearns has synthesized over the years of him sending uh, different DNA samples to help him work on treatments. Um, and we find out that Samuel, Samuel Stearns is also planning on finding a way to extract the creature and use it in some way. And Bruce is firmly of the opinion that this technology can't get out in the world. Yeah. And, and Stearns is a, is a, at least a good moral behind it. He wanted to, this could cure cancer. This yeah. could, this could be, you know, the human revolution of, of medicine. Yeah. But it still could be weaponized, yeah. which is yep. Bruce's thing is we have to destroy it tonight. So, uh, Bruce and Betty are tracked to Samuel Stern's lab uh, and they Bruce ends up being captured by Thunderbolt Ross's task force uh, minus Emil Blonsky. Um, Emil Blonsky recovers from his near death wounds and tracks down Samuel Stern's and says, I want you to pump me with what Bruce Banner got pumped yeah. with. Uh, and then Emil Blonsky says, but we don't know the serum in your blood combined with his blood. It could be That's Mr. Blue that an abomination. That. Who did I say said that? Blonsky. Oh, yeah. Samuel Stern says that. Mr. Yeah, Blue yeah. says that. Um, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. An abomination. Dot, dot, dot. An <laughs> abomination. Exactly. Uh, and so Emil is injected with uh, a Hulk-ish serum mm. combined with a super soldier serum in his blood. turns him into a huge, horrific, scaly monster mm. known as the abomination. Who can speak very who can, well. Who can speak very well. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's a strange decision. Um, and so... Predict- no, you've got... Predictably, it comes to a punch fest between Hulk and Abomination in Harlem. Uh, Bruce voluntarily, this is actually the first time Bruce lets the Hulk off the leash voluntarily. Yeah. Um, But they fight in Harlem. They, as Bruce later says in Avengers, they break Harlem. Uh, 
and Hulk defeats Abomination. Uh, we wrap up the movie nicely. We get an epilogue of Bruce Banner in Vancouver. He is meditating, but you know, initially on first read, we think, oh, he's meditating to learn how to stay calm as we hear the heart rate monitor that he wears and, and the, the number soundtrack. Of, number of the number of days without incident begins counting down. We understand that he is learning how to control the Hulk. We yeah. close with a flash of green in his eyes. And then we open on what I could have sworn up until this week was a post-credit scene. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah. our second epilogue. Yeah. Uh, there is no post-credit mm-hmm. scene. Exactly. It's the only MCU yeah. movie to not have one. And it's Thunderbolt Ross sitting in a bar <laughs> uh, drinking. Interestingly enough, the cocktail he's drinking is called the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what it's made with, but it is It is like Alcohol. an... Alcohol. <laughs> it is like an actual cocktail you could get. You can order the Incredible Hulk and it's that like... Bright green. Weird fluorescent yeah. green color. Um so he's drinking that cocktail and he looks up and he squints with one eye at a figure who has come in the door and he says, Stark, you always wear such nice suits. And then Tony says, we're putting a team together and Credits. cut to black. Credits. Yes. And that's the Incredible Hulk. All right. The incredible true story of James Hulk. <laughs> James T. Hulk. <laughs> uh, so let's start. We opened up the movie where you said uh, we kind of have the opening credit scenes behind it happening is the... Uh, the origin story of how yeah. he became the Hulk. Yeah. I want to go ahead and dump on that yep. right away. I did not like that opening credit scene. I thought that was terrible. I like I like the concept behind like everybody kind of knows how the Hulk got started, so let's skip yeah. that and get to the interesting stuff. Yeah. So I'm I'm okay with them doing it through a sequence like concept. that. But the execution of the sequence, oh my god. I remember it started and I had to double check the date that it was made. I was like, am yeah. I watching the right one? Because yeah. it was even though it was 2008, it was unbelievably 2003. Yes. Yeah. It felt like a, a high school kid's project to make a Jason Bourne opening. Yeah. 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 Files. And you're like, mm-hmm. what the it heck was, is this? It was rough. It was not. And I, I, like you said, I do agree with the decision to start post origin story. I mean, yeah. Spider-Man homecoming. Everybody knows what happened to Peter Parker. We don't need to see uncle Ben get killed again. Yeah. We don't really, I mean, the Hulk has a pretty huge place in culture, like between the 70s TV show, he's had an animated series in every decade since the character was introduced in the 60s, yeah. had the the movie in 2003, just five years before this. Yeah. We know Hulk's deal, yeah. so we don't have to see that. And it's even, like his origin story is even referenced whenever Thunderbolt Ross explains who the Hulk is yeah, to Emil Blonsky. Yeah. So we don't need this, we don't need this added layer of stuff yeah. under the opening credits. Well, in... in- Forget about the concept of it. The CGI is not terrible in this movie, but in the opening scene where he you ba- you basically have the perspective of Hulk and, yeah, the and he is punches Hulk, Ross and he punches Ross. It's like it a looks awful. Hand. Yeah, it looks awful. And yeah. there's something about when the the main camera is the main character and people are looking at the camera. To me, that's just weird. Yeah. So when yeah. When, when Ross was like climbing over Betty and he was looking up the camera like no I was like and see is- we're not supposed to know he's her dad at that point I'm telling like, you you're lying like, no I think you're wrong I promise you, you it's it's you're not supposed to know that because it's supposed to be the revelation when she screams dad no yeah because she says general I know you're in there and nothing happens and she goes yeah I can see what you're saying dad! Which, yeah I love that scene I just yeah. I'm trying to figure out at this point why you're lying. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. So we, 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 we go from that scene. We go uh, into Brazil where he is working at the, the soda, the soda yeah, factory, the bottle, the bottle yeah. factory where they say, um, you're so smart. You've been helping us for months now. Let me put you on payroll. And he mm. says, no, because I have to stay under the radar. Yeah. He didn't say that, but, but that's, that's why, why he has yeah. to yeah, stay yeah. under the radar. Uh, we're going to take a quick pause here and say, wait, are we going to, we're going to pretend 
that that girl that works at the bottle factory is not like objectively beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. In what universe does she work at a bottle factory? Yeah. She's like, you're saying beautiful people can't have factory jobs, Doge? I'm saying in what universe does she work in a Brazil where everyone looks like they do in this movie and somebody's not immediately like, let me take your picture wearing any of my products yeah. and you will help me sell them. Yeah. Um, but he works in this bottle factory and uh, which while we're talking about that girl, I'm going to do a quick dump on her. Do it. I really, really dislike how she's introduced meant to be objectified, meant to, meant yeah. to elicit that response of like, wow, she's really pretty. And then immediately damsel. Yep. And well, and then, but then also immediately abandoned. Nothing yeah. happens. I feel, and I think that's a dump that's going to carry us through this movie <clears throat> because I am not a fan of the, per, the, the treatment of the female characters in mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah. Um, I do. I do want to pump on, the uh, the shot that comes back multiple times, which is Days Without in- Incident. Yeah, 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 it's cool. I think that not only is it a cool shot that you see the deep, you know, it adds it one more day, mm-hmm. but uh, it really brings a string throughout the whole movie that is his goal is not to find purpose in life. It's not to, you know, help people. Mm-hmm. It's to not Control, have an incident. Yeah. yeah, Like that is that is who he is as a being. Well, so I actually... I'll just go ahead and throw it out right now because my super pump for this movie is it's kind of broad, but I have reason for it. My super pump for this movie is actually any time in the movie where Bruce is on his own trying his hardest not to be the Hulk. Yeah. So the whole time he's in Brazil, uh, when he first gets to the college and is like trying to do some recon on his own, like yeah. that is the most compelling Bruce Banner in this movie to me is the Bruce Banner who is constantly worried about his heart rate so that he doesn't hulk out yeah but also has no help from anybody yeah like to me that is when this movie is at its peak yeah and it's most compelling is when bruce is alone and as i was watching it i was like this is a running movie mm-hmm. and there's something compelling about like yeah, yeah. you gotta keep moving. on the run movie. yeah, 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 yeah. and that's what i it's wanted like, it's like it jason to be Bo- yeah. it, it, it had a jason Bourne kind of feel yeah the yeah. first jason Bourne where he just has to keep moving yeah because yeah. you never know who's out to get him i love that about this movie i did too until it wasn't anymore it's true the movie kind of lost its way in act four mm-hmm. i think this is a four act structure yeah. where we have the double climax that's typical of Pixar movies or the internal conflict resolution and an external resolution. Yeah. And I think acts one through three are pretty good. And mm-hmm. I think act four, which is from the moment he jumps out of the helicopter and says, let me loose to yeah. the end of the abomination fight is easily the weakest part of this movie. I agree. Yeah. Um, well, we go, f- we, we see him in Brazil. We see um, that he's gone a hundred something days without an incident. And something that I will definitely pump on is I love when you see him training with the martial arts instructor and he says, you know, emotions here, control here. Yeah. And as you said, this is the creepiest looking (laughs) diaphragm (laughs) abdomen action I've ever seen. I think we all paused the movie and said, what? I, I oh was watching goodness. and I was just like, how did his stomach touch his spine? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But I love that they, and, and really, I think they may have changed. Uh, I, I haven't read a ton of Hulk comics. So I don't know if this is true, but it wasn't just about being angry. It was about his heart rate going up. Yeah. So they really explored. But they, not only but they anger, abandoned that later though. Well, I don't know because they 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 talked about or the, they they the mentioned heart rate monitor is like a pretty solid through line through the no movie. no no I'm talking about later on in the MCU they oh, abandoned yes. the heart rate yeah they do they did yeah that's what I mean and and I, I'm, I'll dump on that because mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of things that didn't cross over in this movie yeah but I think that that was a, a cool thing to explore is one he couldn't get too excited mm-hmm. which we saw when he was with Betty we also saw that he even when he was running away yeah I love the scene where he runs away stops and has to go. <laughs> 
Oh man, because like cool. that is stressful. Because yep. he has to run away, or he'll he'll be caught. But if he's caught and he doesn't slow down, then he's going to turn into the Hulk. Yep. yep. Yeah. I mean, as far as I know, that is how it works in the comics. I'm not super well versed on Hulk in the comics, but no, me neither. The interesting uh, something interesting that they've done is they have in this one kind of honestly ignored Hulk's first comic book origin uh, in the the main continuity in the 60s when the Hulk was created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Um, Bruce Banner was working on something similar to the Manhattan Project, a bomb that used gamma rays instead of, you know, whatever radiation was in the atomic bomb. Uh, And he was he was doing tests on it. uh, And then someone named Rick Jones, uh, who would later become an important part of Hulk's supporting cast. Mm -hmm. Rick Jones was uh, wandered into the detonation area. Bruce went in to save him, and then somebody pushed the button while he was in there. The person who pushed the button turned out to be a Soviet spy because it was the 1960s. Um, but Bruce was left with gamma poisoning. Yeah. Um, in the Ultimate Universe, Bruce's powers are a result of experimenting uh, to recreate the Super Soldier Serum, which mm. is the I version like that, that we better. did in this. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting to note as we move forward that the MCU is essentially a live action ultimate universe. Like there, it borrows some important things from the, the main original continuity, but by and large, it's a, it's a film version of the rebooted Marvel universe, which I'm a, I'm a big fan of because I think that universe has one of the most consistent, um, plot points when it comes to the super soldier serum and yes. like how it affected that's everything. basically everything. I mean, that's, yeah. that's yeah. Captain America. That's Spider-Man. Hulk. It's the, it is, um, it's how Nor- uh, Norman Osborn, green goblin gets his powers mm. in the ultimate universe. So it's, yeah. it's a very good, I think, I think they really benefited from the ultimate universe after having 40 years of continuity sit back and go, okay, how do we make sure these all feel like they're the same story? Yeah, yeah for I think sure. that's great. And I, I want to go here cause you mentioned it. Um, uh, I'm struggling if I want to make it my super dump, but one of my biggest dumps of this movie, it's not even just this movie, but in The Incredible Hulk, the movie that came out in 2008, I feel like it can't figure out where it fits in the MCU. Oh, it couldn't even at the time. At the time now, but the thing is, I didn't know this. This was supposed to be a sequel to the 2000, 2003 Originally, Hulk. yeah, it was. But They're, here's they the thing, they, they yeah. never really dismiss that. No, no, they don't. It's kind of like, you think it's a sequel to sequel. If you don't, you don't. Like yep. they yeah. don't even address it. They say Eric Bang Ban Banna. Yeah. Eric Banna was offered the role. He denied it. It says that um, Liv Liv Tyler uh, was put instead of Jennifer Connelly. So like, mm, yeah. This is a like if you read what this movie is about. So this is a sequel. When yeah, it was it initially conceptualized, it was as a sequel, kind of a backdoor sequel, introducing Hulk and like retroactively making the 2003 Hulk yeah. part of the MCU continuity. They have since, I mean, Marvel has since gone on record and say, no, absolutely no. not. It's our own thing. It's the first thing. Yeah. But it's like, it's this weird yeah. kind of it like. It sits in between. And then, so that's that's pre-Incredible Hulk. Then post-Incredible Hulk, I feel like the MCU, it's the one movie that they kind of wish they didn't make. Yeah. And f- for years, they didn't address it. Yeah. Like, they replaced uh, Edward Norton with Mark Ruffalo, which at the time I didn't like, but now I yeah, love. I love. Yeah. Yeah. And I think everybody's on board with that. Oh, yeah. But there's no mention of Betty Ross. There's no mention of Sergeant Ross. There's no mention of anything that happened in the whole movie. Until Civil War. Until, Until Civil War, Ross, Ross shows up and yeah. you're like, wait, so now he's part of the yeah. MCU? No, he, 100%. he has given some weird interviews about his character saying it's essentially a different character in Civil War. And then he even gave interviews saying 
like that he read his role in the Incredible Hulk as one of revenge and he was Captain Ahab. Captain looking Ahab, for his yeah, white I whale. saw that. And I was like, I don't read that in the movie. Uh, I don't think I all. see that in the movie. It's not a vengeance story. No. It's a greed thing where he wants to get the weapon yeah. out of Banner's blood. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of inconsistency both in this movie alone, but then in this movie when you try and thread it into the MCU. Well, and especially interesting in the consistency is where this takes place in the chronology of the MCU. Yeah. Um, because post Avengers, we're essentially operating in real time. If a yeah. movie comes out in 2013, it takes place in 2013 in the yeah. MCU. Iron Man was released in 2008 and takes place in 2009. The Incredible Hulk actually happens after the events of Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2, uh, in quick succession, we have Iron Man 2, then the events of the Incredible Hulk, then the events of Thor, then the present day parts of Captain America, the first Avenger, which take place about one week before the events of the Avengers. Avengers, So Iron Man happens in either 2008 or 2009. He's the only superhero for about two and a half years. And then all of these things happen in very quick succession. Yeah. Which is very strange. Yeah. And which is why we get a Stark at the end of this movie where we get Tony showing up and saying, I work for S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm putting a team together. Is that why we know it's after Iron Man 2? Exactly. Because yeah. if you watch these and don't watch Iron Man 2, that makes sense because the viewer can assume, oh, Tony has a relationship with Nick Fury now. Yeah. When we start Iron Man 2, he doesn't have that relationship. Yeah. So this necessarily must come after the events of Iron Man wow. 2. Mm-hmm. And it's referred to as... So actually the, the battle at uh, the college finding Thor's hammer in the desert and uh, the Monaco battle in Iron Man 2 with Whiplash at the waist okay, racetrack yeah. happened in the same week. What? Wow. It's called, it's it's dubbed Coulson's Big Week because Agent Coulson <laughs> is like running all over the Going place everywhere. trying to track these Interesting. superhumans. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all? I don't remember where that comes from. It may come from a one shot, which we're not going to review. Those are little, yeah. little like shorts that accompany these movies on the Blu-ray or DVD versions. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was one thing. Cause I, I, I had a problem with Tony Stark coming in and saying, we're putting a team together Yeah. because that made sense after you watch Iron Man one, which obviously the next movie is incredible Hulk. But then you watch Iron Man two and Avengers and you're like, wait, Tony was like completely booted out of that. Why yeah. is he putting, why isn't, why is that not the yeah. Fury? Yeah. So that almost made no sense rather than we want to see Robert Downey Jr. in this movie mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. My, my opinion on that is that they were afraid nobody knew to stay till after the credits. And they were like, what if they don't recognize Nick Fury from <laughs> Iron Man? Yeah. And so they're like, let's just throw actual well, Iron was, Man into this. And to be fair, it's, it was like easy to assume that people wouldn't recognize Nick Fury because, and I said this incorrectly on the podcast last week. I said it was six weeks after Iron Man. This was five weeks after Iron Man. Really? Wow. These two movies premiered like a little over a month apart That's from insane. each other. That's which weird. is bananas yeah. scheduling. Well, and also when I started Incredible Hulk, really because of that opening, I was like, ooh, this is <laughs> not going to be good. I'm sorry. <laughs> and which is, which is a, not a good way to come off of, no way. of no. Iron Man 1. No way. So uh, we're, we're in Rio de Janeiro. Um, and because of the bottle plant, you know, his blood gets into a bottle, Stanley's cameo. Stanley drinks it and dies. <laughs> Does he die? I don't I think so. so. He has gamma poisoning. Uh, <laughs> and so they say, show me where he grabs the bottle and it's like, <laughs> I think that's so funny. That's such a good it Stanley a, cameo. cameo. And we didn't talk about his cameo last week as Hugh Hefner. Oh yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Like good Hef. Retroactively, <laughs> that's a great what? cameo. Well, and is even more retroactively as of recent news, very problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> um, I do. I do want to talk about real quick that scene in the factory where the blood falls. Yeah. I read 
that that yes. scene took them a over year. a year That's to crazy. render. Yeah. And let me say, didn't look that great. No, no it did it. not. No, you, you could have just showed it, hit the bottom. I'd have been fine. Yeah. The blood looked like it was made out of pudding. It, yeah, it really did. Like tomato paste. It was way too viscous to be blood. And all I needed was drip splat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's all like, I needed. Hey, that whole year, you didn't need that. <laughs> also, how did he catch the bottle that had that one tiny drop of blood and then miss the one with the giant smear of blood on the side? That was, might I add, next to it. Yeah, <laughs> literally right next to it. I'm going to super pump that scene where the blood falls. <laughs> I think that's what they were hoping for. Like, man, people are going to freaking love this scene. Just yeah. people are going to be like, oh, dude, the way it moves. Could you imagine working on that for a year, going to the premiere and expect and just looking around at people's reactions? And they're just what like, do you think about that? They're, they're just like, like, oh, yeah, it's blood. Uh, I worked on that for an entire year. I didn't see my son for a year. <laughs> I missed my wife's birthday because I was making that blood for you. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> He doesn't successfully wipe off the blood. Uh, they realize that he's in Rio de Janeiro. They assemble the team. We meet Blonsky. Um, what do you guys think about Blonsky? Dump. Here's the thing. Really? <laughs> Huge. Oh, I loved him. Nope. I loved him. Nope. I loved Tim Roth as well. And it was just the strain. Like for me, Tim Roth as like a hardcore special forces agent is up there for me with, uh, What's his face? Lupin from Harry Potter as Ares. Like it was yeah. it, the whole time I was just like that guy. Tim Roth is like five, six and he's I like, like mid forties. Yeah, I, 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 I bought it. it as he was the strategic leader and yeah. the veteran, not necessarily the, you know, and, and I think that but was the good bruiser. because he was, yeah. the, he even said, if I if could I take the things, body, that, yeah. things I know now and put it put in my body 10 years ago. Yeah. And, and, and I'm down with that. And he wasn't distractingly bad by any means, but I, I don't know. It was just weird. I do love Tim Roth. I think he's great, but that was just such a strange casting decision for me. And it makes me question whether I love Tim Roth or whether I love Tim Roth only in Tarantino's movies, (laughs) whether you love the characters he plays. Uh Yeah. 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 Um, Well, they come and they, uh, they very sneakily try to just um, tranquilize him him and bring him in. He's gone. He's on the run. We get an incredible chase scene. That is the standout action sequence of this movie yeah, for me. That is infinitely scene. more entertaining than the one where he's Hulk the whole time. Yes. The two where he's Hulk the whole time. Well, because yeah. you can, I mean, arguably the compelling part of Hulk is trying not to be Hulk. Yeah. And so when we get like, here's a 20 minute punch out. Yeah. It yeah. gets to be a little much. Yeah. Um, I will say my super pump has got to be the Hulk out at the end of this action sequence. In where he's just like a where he's terrifying monster in the shadows, yeah. And we get to see for a time that we don't like, we don't really ever get to see this again in the MCU. How scared people are of yeah. the Hulk? That's a good point. Yeah. How much no. of a how much of just a how it turns a, into a horror movie for a second? Brutish like, yeah. monster he is. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll pump on that. Yeah, I loved that. Watching that him so just good. like lumber in the background was pretty scary. Well, I yeah. love when they when they shoot the grenade and it blows up and you just see a huge body of shadow yeah. in the smoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, another I, another small thing that I want to pump on that scene before he turns into the Hulk uh, is he jumps out the window. Blonsky and all the team are looking for him. He comes, makes eye contact with Blonsky, and then just tries to act like he didn't <laughs> yes. just make eye contact. That was so real for me. I know. <laughs> like when, oh you, my when gosh. You, you go and you look and you're like, oh, he doesn't know that that's me. Uh-huh. So let me just slowly just walk uh-huh. and Blonsky doesn't, doesn't buy it. Yep. That was a very I did real like that. scene Ed for Norton me. is so good in this. Yeah. He's so like believably paranoid and kind of jumpy. I think he does a great job with the meekness that is Bruce Banner yeah, himself. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, and I think he's don't get me wrong. I'm, 
when it comes to my Bruce Banners, I prefer Mark Ruffalo all day. But <laughs> yeah. for this movie, Ed Norton really did fine. Ed Norton is the Bruce Banner that this movie needs. When we when we have him up like playing against the rest of the team and the team dynamic, we need that kind of warmth yep. that Mark Ruffalo brings. Um, yeah. But the like kind of steel precision of Edward Norton works yeah. really well in this movie. Well, and fun fact, they wanted Mark Ruffalo for this yeah, movie. Yeah, the, the director wanted yeah. Mark Ruffalo, but the studio wanted Edward Norton, yeah. which yep. I do understand. Yeah. yeah. And and like I, like I said before, when they said it's Mark Ruffalo now, I was like, why? Because Edward Norton did such a good job yeah. in this movie. I didn't understand it. I'm glad that they saw some things I didn't. Mm. Um, but uh, after that scene where, the, where he hooks out, he leaves, they lose Banner. Uh, I love when Blonsky says... We were after Banner, and then something yeah, hit what us. What was that yeah. thing? And I'm yeah. going to go to Banner's. I'm going to put my foot on his throat, and I'm going to I'm going to make him tell me what it is. And I love the scene where Ross says it was Banner. Yeah. And then Ban- Then Ross tells him the origin story. Yeah. Which means we did not need it yeah. in the opening credits. Yeah, that's true. But it was cool to see it. I think. See, I love the the where he winks at Betty, and then then we had the terrible CGI. No, I still dump on all of it. I didn't like seeing it at the end. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, so Ross explains who the Hulk is, and uh, and I love the scene where Blonsky says, "Why did he run then? If he created this this incredible thing?" Yeah. And the sergeant says, "He's not one of us. Yeah. yeah. He's a scientist. Yeah. And you get this just big parallel between Ross and Banner and their different views, mm-hmm. which I think drives the whole rest of the story, mm-hmm. or should should drive should, the whole rest drive. of the story. The rest yeah. of the story. Um, no, I completely agree with that, but." It's pretty soon after that that we uh, we see Blonsky turning into the super soldier, right? Relative, no, because no, yeah. I mean, he he. It is. This is this is happening concurrently while Bruce is reuniting with Betty. Yeah, which we can talk about that first. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the whole relationship with Betty. Let's just talk about Liv Tyler as Betty. Yeah. (laughs) You guys, you guys are going to dump on Liv Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. See, I liked that. I love Liv Tyler. Hated She's her as Betty. Huge I like, jump on Betty. <clears throat> I like. I like their idea for Betty Ross. I, I'm a fan of starting, uh, starting with the idea that there's story and there's history already in place. Yeah, uh, this isn't characters meeting each other for the first time. They do have experience together, right? Um, in Liv Tyler's portrayal of Betty, I find a lot of fault because. Her entire life is defined by her relationship with her father or Bruce. She bails on her new boyfriend immediately. Yeah, which, I mean, in and of itself, yeah. having a life that's defined by close relationships is not a not a flaw in the way a character is written. I, I do think it's just the execution that Betty comes across as somebody who doesn't have her own thoughts and like doesn't have her own motives. She it's just for Bruce. Just yeah. whatever, yeah. like whatever the closest man in her life is telling her to do she's like oh i think that would be a good idea Mm -hmm. yeah no i think that's a good point i there are a few scenes that i really thought that she did a good job in one where she sees bruce for a second then he leaves yeah and she and she storms out and she's like tell me if what i saw is what i saw Mm. yeah i love that scene i love the scene where she screams dad yeah where she's like generally i know you're in there at the college yeah Yeah. see i didn't love that when she sees what her dad is capable of i love her her line immediately after that whenever she watches her dad essentially treat 
I, and we're to assume that he's like the love of her life because yeah. she bailed on immediately. She bailed yeah. on Phil from Modern Family. Immediately. <laughs> Phil Dunphy. Uh, she bailed on the dump. I don't even know that guy's name in the Ty movie. Ty Burrell. No, I know his, I know the actor's name. Phil Dunphy. I don't. <laughs> Modern Family. Uh, um, but like. Stu? <laughs> is it Stu? I don't even remember his I name remember, because yeah. he's not an important character. Yeah. Because no, he's, he's not. sidelined. Well, and he had some, he had a, in the trailer, he has a scene with Bruce. Yeah. Uh, in the in the trailer of this movie, which I watched, uh, he says, "You know, you can talk to me. You you can tell me a shrink." Like we people deal with anger all the time. And then at, uh, Bruce was like, "Not like this." Yeah. So I think he had some bigger scenes. There was a significant cut. amount of of content that was left on the cutting room floor, and a lot of it was content that Ed Norton wrote yeah. during the shoot. Yeah. Like so, he would be on set doing rewrites to the script. And then he went to the premiere of the movie and the rumor is that every single thing that he wrote was cut. That's and that, I mean, he probably plays a huge role in why he wasn't. He's he even said continue. like, had they asked me back for Avengers, I would have said no. Really? Yeah. There's, there is reportedly a fair amount of bad blood between Ed Norton and Marvel studios and Louis Leterrier, the director and Marvel yeah. studios. He's, he's gone on record saying that they were really interfering with his creative process and trying to make sure that, especially in this early stage, each scene that happened set up the next movie. Yeah. Um, that's why John Favreau didn't come back for Iron Man three. So for that same reason. Yeah. yeah. So there's at this point, I think Marvel was still trying to find its footing Yeah. and it shows in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Trying to be, be very intentional with uh, yeah. just the product and making sure it was yeah. perfect, yeah. Um, which it wasn't at no, the, no. the beginning. Um, but uh, so I want to go ahead and give my super, dump okay my super dump is what i think is probably the biggest plot hole in this movie and one of the big reasons why i think they kind of disregard the incredible hulk which is the u.s military has a super serum yeah that general ross on his discretion can just use yeah <laughs> yeah because blonsky if you haven't seen the movie blonsky uh, he basically says, you know, we, we mentioned it. He says, if I, if I could take what I know now and put in the body I had 10 years ago, that'd be someone I wouldn't want to fight. And then Ross says, I think I could arrange something We can make that like happen. That. Yeah. Then he talks about when World War II, we create, we had this program where we created, and he says, yeah, super soldier. And he says, yeah, an oversimplification, but yes, well, it worked. But we find out in Captain America that that serum died with the German scientist. Yeah. Right. Erskine. Yeah. So it died with him. Now, General Ross says, I dusted off that old project and I got it working again. I got the best scientists in the world working on that project. They didn't know what they were working on. They thought they were working on gamma radiation. Which is what Bruce thought. Bruce, Bruce was yeah, working was on it. Yeah, yeah. And he was so sure of what he had created that he tested it on himself and something went very wrong or very right. <laughs> yeah. Is what he says. And and that's all great. I think yeah. that's, that's a great way to weave in the super soldier serum that... They basically overshot the mark. Mm -hmm. Instead of creating a super soldier, they created a super monster. Yeah. yeah. But maybe that is good. Maybe we can use that as what Ross is thinking. But then he says, so for round two, when Blonsky is going to fight Hulk, let me give you a little super serum boost. And he just takes from this little freezer. And I tried to look at the the tag. Nothing made sense to me. Maybe uh, the you. doctor's name from it says Erskine America is on it. there, actually, is which that, is cool. Yeah. Okay. So Dr. Erskine. Okay. So th again, this doesn't make sense to me. It does. So I think what we're supposed to assume is that there was some sort of final missing piece. Think BB-8's missing piece of the map to Luke Skywalker. Okay. They have 90% of Erskine's work and the last 10% he only knew about. 
And so the last 10% died with him. But it does seem strange to me that I, I agree with you that it's, it's very weird that Thunderbolt Ross is able to just do it. Yeah. Just do it whenever he well, wants. I think you can also make the argument that it's not anywhere near the same as what they used on cap because cap got huge and Blonsky didn't change physically. But that's what I'm saying. The last 10% is something only that, and it was, I mean, I don't know if this is textual. I don't, I honestly don't remember if this is in captain America or if this is just something I know about captain America, but it was the combination of the serum plus that hyperbaric chamber that he was yeah. in blasting him with Vita rays yeah. that was able to create the reaction. And they didn't that made do that him. later. Yeah. 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 But my thing is Captain America's abilities are the absolute peak of human conditions, yeah. human abilities. So he's the strongest person in the world. Fastest, fastest, all those things. And that's basically what Blons- Blonsky became. He yeah. became the fastest, strongest. So it pretty much is Captain America's serum. And if this is Except true... Except there were side effects yeah. for Blonsky. What were the side effects? Well, so he, we were, he grew he, that spine he, thing before the that second was before, dose. That was before, was it before yeah. the second dose? Mr. Blue gave him the Hulk juice. So so they were saying we have a serum, but it's it's wanky. It doesn't quite yeah. work. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, so my question is, in Avengers... When the Battle of New York comes, couldn't they just say, like, man, we need some super soldiers. Like, let's do some up. I, I, the only explanation I can possibly think of, and I also don't like this, so whatever, but yeah. the only explanation I can possibly think of is when Iron Man approaches and says, we want you to team up with S.H.I.E.L.D. That S.H.I.E.L.D. is like, and we'll take all of that. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. That's that's my only thought, is that they're just like, you can't have this anymore. It's a You're not to me, trustworthy. A little strange to me that S.H.I.E.L.D., at least from this movie, we get the impression did not uh, did not take that research after the Captain America project. Yeah, maybe that's something that happens in Agent Carter, the TV show no, uh, no. about Peggy. But if it's not presented in the movies, that's we're gonna watch that next. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> if it's not presented in the movies, I think we can go ahead and just for the purposes of this podcast, regard it as non-canonical yeah. information. Yeah, which is crazy. Which I don't like. Yeah, you know, I agree. That's my super. I agree. Dumb. I'll dump on that too. So we go from there which basically leads up to the second battle, which is at the college. Right. Um, both, both Bruce and Betty reconnect. And he says, you know, I gotta, I gotta take this to Mr. Blue. <laughs> so I'm going to go. And she just says, at least let me walk you to the train. They walk to the train. No, they don't. They just stand in the middle of a big open park. It's true. I don't understand yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know. She was like, let me, let me walk you to the, no, it's a bus. It's She's a like, bus. let me watch you, walk you to the bus station. He's like, okay. And then they just stand in this huge open park where he knows people are looking for him and where he knows they know Betty works. Yep. Yeah. That's and so point. it's just like, it's just like, okay, I'm going to, is that a, yeah, it's a soldier. Oh, yeah, go. Soldiers. Like, that's just how yeah. it goes down. It's true. The the logic behind walking into a giant campus, you're 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 right on. <laughs> but I do love the scene where he looks at her and then looks and sees a soldier and he's like, Betty, you need to get as far away from me as you possibly can. Don't argue, just go. I was yeah. like, Oh yeah. shoot, let's go. Because <laughs> I'm about to do something real gross and eat a flash drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't wow. talking He wasn't talking about the whole he was like, You gotta get away from me. <laughs> but anyway, I love that scene. Uh, and I, man, so let's talk about that. Let's dissect that scene for a second. So he goes into the library. He, you know, we've talked about it 12 times already. He swallows the flash drive. Um, he doesn't swallow it so much as plunges it down his just, own throat. He just puts it inside his esophagus. <laughs> yeah. Just rests it there for a little bit. And then, uh, goes on the, basically the sky deck of the college that connects two buildings, yeah, yeah. A, a glass, uh, a glass hallway. They close both sides of the doors. He says, put two canisters in there. They put canisters in. Fog begins to show. Betty runs towards him, 
which I don't know why he got so angry. Because uh, I thought they should have like punched Betty. Yeah. But she's running. She, they tackle her. She elbows. But she, I mean, they kind of like are trying to protect her. Like they're not. I think it's a heart rate thing though. Like, are you talking about why he hulks out? He hulks out because he sees Betty and I think she gets tackled. But she doesn't really get tackled. Yeah, she does. I don't think she gets tackled. She much. gets full on tackled. Well, and I think he doesn't even have to see her. Like he knows what could happen to her. And it's he's true. also got guys with guns coming in glass doors at him I, from both I sides. Think, <laughs> I think that Betty should be running and someone should have shoot her in the back of the head <laughs> and she dies. No, I think it should have been a little bit he more. stays Hulk for the rest of the movie. Because they made it seem like he saw something and was like, no. But instead it was like they stopped her. Maybe by tackling her I think they they brought her to the ground might be a better way of saying that <laughs> with their body at they, full turned, speed. they turned her sideways and laid her on to the ground I think they they <laughs> grabbed her and her her forward momentum brought her down Jeez. I don't think she what's it called cow trips just around the ankle <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. regardless of the validity of the reason he, he hulks, hulks out yeah. he hulks out and uh, and we see him basically Hulk clap the windows uh he doesn't hold clap that no time. he punches not until later I, I know yeah i, I, I realized that oh, but he man. he kind of like ymca's his <laughs> way out of the, out of the window which is a weird movement but then he jumps he hulks out and then that's when we that's when we have the first fight scene of the hulk or the first open real air scene fight scene yeah yeah where we hulk. get to clearly see the hulk and, and let me just say that haircut on the Hulk. It's bad. It's the worst. It really is And bad. later, when she cuts his hair, I was like, oh, they're going to fix it. And no. he turns back into the Hulk. It's the same haircut it's again. It's kind of like an emo uh, like band singer. That, dude, I'm going to dump on how pretty the Hulk is. <laughs> yeah. The Hulk has just like a really like pretty, like symmetrical face. I was yeah. expecting him to do the YMCA out of the glass and then say, I chime in with the <laughs> Dude, but he, I, I just want to go back and address one more time. Yeah. Bruce's haircut appears to not affect the Hulk's haircut in any way. Which is a plot hole because in Ragnarok, the Hulk has a different haircut than he does in the others. We're about to blow the lid off this thing, guys. We're, We're blowing blow the lid open. Somebody call everybody. So he, he has, well, we see the fight scene and there are a couple really cool scenes in that, in the college scene that I love. I love when he tackles that tank. Like just um, shoulder checks yeah, just, it. Yeah, just, I like when he gets hit by that grenade and he like flinches so hard. I thought that was awesome when they shoot the the like boom like the grenade launcher things at him and it explodes. When and Blonsky he like, does, maybe I th- I think so. It's when yeah. he's running at him and he's like, come yeah. on, yeah, and he gets hit and he just like whoo, like throw. I, I thought that was awesome looking. There's some good scenes in that yeah. in yeah. that college scene. I, yeah, that I, I got cool. pumped. When it started, because I was like, oh, this is going to be Because Hulk versus non-other Hulk is dope. Yeah. It's cool. That's if, a good point. And we're like, we're kind of going to go out of order because we're really, really getting close to my super dump. It's a cool fight scene that ultimately doesn't engage me emotionally. Yeah. Same with the the final fight. And it's the decision to... I, my super dump is the structure of this story. Yeah. Because the Hulk is not a character. In the same way that he is in really only Ragnarok is the only other appearance of the Hulk where he's actually a character and the Hulk has desires kind and motivations. Hulk, the Hulk himself doesn't have desire. doesn't have what he wants. I'm, I'm with you except for the, his kind of relationship with Black Widow and like the way that she calms him down, which yeah. I think is done even better than Betty calming him down. In this. I agree. But I'm, I'm with you though. I hear what you're so saying. The Hulk, the Hulk doesn't work as a protagonist for right. me in this movie. Yeah. And our antagonists are all mixed up because your story is supposed to start 
at the moment that your protagonist feels the influence of the antagonist. And if we're to regard Thunderbolt Ross as the antagonist of this movie, then our story begins years and years ago, whenever Bruce first turns into the Hulk. If we're to regard Emil Blonsky as the antagonist, then our yeah. story doesn't start until the chase in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. And they and tried to do both at the same time. Emil Blonsky doesn't have any kind of connection to Bruce, so he's a weak antagonist. His connection is with the Hulk, yeah. but the Hulk is not a character because the Hulk doesn't want anything. And so anytime that the Hulk is on screen, our protagonist is off screen, which makes Emil Blonsky a strangely weak villain. Yeah. And or just a shallow villain. Yeah. No. And the the relationship between Bruce and Thunderbolt Ross is strong enough to sustain that kind of antagonist protagonist relationship. Yeah. It's just not, not used very effectively. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why this movie, like we can walk away from it and say like, there were cool parts. It was structured. Well, I like Blonsky as a villain. I like Thunderbolt Ross yeah. as a villain. I love Bruce Banner. The Hulk stuff is cool, but somehow it, it feels less than the sum of its parts. Yeah, I yeah. agree. No, I, I totally agree. But I think it is a, I see what they were going for. And, I, and on paper, I think it does feel good to have uh, Sergeant Ross is the antagonist to Bruce and Blonsky with the Hulk. That so they kind both of dual protagonist. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not executed. It didn't, no. yeah, it, didn't work, it didn't work very well. Yeah, yeah. But I do like the idea. Yeah. And I think there were, there were moments where that was very clear. Yeah. When he has that, look at me, boom, boom. Remember mm-hmm. me? Yeah. yeah. And he's fighting. I will say, I'm going to dump on all of the trash talk that takes place for this entire movie. <laughs> Every ounce of like competitive trash talk is just like, that all you got? Yeah. Come on. Give it to me again. <laughs> oh boy. Like, <laughs> everything it's was just like, piggy. Oh, even <laughs> but even, even as uh, abomination at the end, it's just like, yeah, it's just like, is that, uh, are you done already? Big, like, old, okay, cool. big old dump on the fact that when abomination talks, he has an American accent. He loses the British accent. I didn't feel it. That would just blew my mind. Yeah. We're calling Marvel Studios right now. <laughs> See, I completely <laughs> disagree because I remember listening and being like, at least his Cockney accent is still there. Really? I, yeah. I didn't know. I'm going it. to have to sit down next year and rewatch it. And whoever's <laughs> right is going to buy the other person lunch. That's fine. It has to buy them the Hulk drink. <laughs> <laughs> so after this, uh, basically that, that fight scene ends with, somehow them letting Betty go out into the open with the whole, yeah. like his one job was to protect her the whole time. It Ross was like, keep her back, keep her back. Those soldiers did a really bad job because they let her just go out into the open. Yeah. And then he says, where's the gunship gunship comes down, starts raining fire. And then Ross realizes Betty's right there. Hulk covers her with basically his body. But he doesn't, yeah. he covers one side of her. It's true. There are some open holes. Her back and head and legs and all of her should have been roasted. No way. I feel like he completely doubles over and like surrounds oh, her. Oh, so he makes a perfect hermetically sealed <laughs> bubble around her on yes. the grass. Okay. It's Hulk medically sealed, but yes. <laughs> there are both literal and figurative holes in the way that he holds her. Yes. He puts the hole in hold. <laughs> but somehow she gets out. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. And I um, love her line to Thunderbolt Ross. Where, in this sequence where she says, don't ever speak to me as your daughter again. Ooh, yeah. That is so much more powerful. Yeah. And that's so know, much more deliberately hurtful than don't ever speak to me again. Yeah. Because she knows like, we've got to have a working relationship, but our for, familiar relationship. Yeah. yeah, is yeah. Done. Don't ever speak to me. And as let your me daughter tell you again. what would have made that even more powerful. If Betty Ross as a character wasn't 100% and completely abandoned after this movie. Yeah. With no, as far as I'm aware 
never addressed again. No, and she said she, bring her and, up. And, and they they build her as a crucial development in his story, mm-hmm. and then a. Bandit. I mean, Which, she is like in the comic books, like yes. Hulk without Betty Ross is Superman without Lois Lane, yeah. Spider-Man without Mary Jane. Yeah. And and I'm don't get me wrong. I'm very much on board with uh, Black Widow being the one that is able to calm down Hulk. I think that's yeah. awesome, mostly because I think Scarlett Johansson could calm me down no matter <laughs> how angry I was. And so I get it. Like, I get me, it. <laughs> <laughs> what you need, girl? But so like, I get it. But. At the same time, it's like, that's kind of Betty's role. I don't know. Super yeah. weird. No, no, I get it. But th- yeah. again, that, that goes back to my super dump, which is they kind of abandoned, they abandoned this, this and then this like brought back parts and yeah. they're like, nah, nah, it's still yeah. part of the MCU. Yeah. But we can, we, can, we can honestly sprint through the remainder of this movie because all of the meat of this movie is pretty much done at this point. Yeah. <laughs> they, go to, they go to see Mr. Blue. They, who is, by the way, mom from Holes. <laughs> yeah, he he's their counselor. Uh, he's also Samuel Stearns is a comic book character called the leader, a uh, really prominent Hulk villain who uses his super intellect against the Hulk. And that's the sequel hook that we get uh, when the Hulk, his brain, when yeah, the Hulk's brain. blood drips smiling. on his open wound. Yeah. So that's a sequel hook. And then we get the other sequel hook of Bruce's eyes turning green. So again, it is horrible that they just abandoned this because they, well, this, they clearly I'm fine with it i mean i think had it performed better we would have a uh, incredible hulk 2 incredible yeah, hulk 3 yeah the incredible hulk meets the flintstones like a whole <laughs> bunch of like team up movies Viva Rock Vegas. <laughs> um well and i think you know uh both with the mcu and with this movie there were certain things that they wanted to do to bring in like someone like Ross. Yeah. They had plans to bring Abomination into Age of Ultron. Yeah. yeah he was going to be that. a secondary villain. Which is Why? Like, <laughs> well, again, it's like, okay, that might have been cool. I don't know where you would fit it. But the other question is like, wait, is this part of the MCU? Yeah. Like they yeah. don't really address it. I think it would be strange to see Mark Ruffalo's Hulk fighting Emil Blonsky's Abomination. Yeah. I think there'd be a lot of weird things that would happen if they brought that back. But again, I think, I think Ross, I like... I like that actor as Ross. William and, Hurt. And I like yeah. him coming back. And he makes a, a great character in Civil War. Yeah, he does. Yeah. But it just, it raises more questions than it answers. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think they should either decide to <laughs> nix this movie and say, this didn't happen. Hulk's first appearance was Avengers. Or, which is too late now, Yeah, bring it back. Like, that that was really weird for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% fine with them completely abandoning any follow-up to that movie. Well, and yeah. I think, I mean, you have the box office performance to thank. Like, it, it barely doubled its budget. Yeah. Um, and that reported budget doesn't take marketing into account, so it really probably only broke even. And Universal owns the distribution rights to a Hulk solo movie. Yeah. Uh, and so this is why this is the only phase one movie which was before the disney merger phase one movie that is not distributed by paramount pictures yeah and i think that's the reason we haven't gotten any other hulk solo movies even with mark ruffalo's hulk is because as long as it's a hulk solo movie universal distributes it and universal gets the a cut of the money yeah yeah well and for me at least hulk works better as part of a team He he does i'm not interested in i'm interested in bruce banner solo especially as mark ruffalo but i'm not interested in the hulk just doing his thing without anybody else. i think ragnarok is the absolute absolutely the right way to continue using i agree yeah yeah and, and I, I like what they did for both avengers and little scenes from age of ultron which is the the climax is dependent on Bruce Banner and Hulk. Yeah, he's a force of nature. Yeah, and it, he's like Godzilla. He, yeah, yeah, he yeah. sets things in motion. But he, I, don't, I don't, as him as a main character, it's hard to do. It's hard yeah. to do more than once. Especially. I mean, we'll, we'll get there. But 
I mean, in Avengers, you know, they have an army, we have a Hulk. That's one of the coolest lines. Yeah. And, and I remember watching it and being like, oh. Yeah. So let, let's fast forward. So you basically explained in the in the synopsis, uh, Blonsky in comes the in. The synopsis? The what? The synopsis? I don't know what that is. The synopsis. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> he did talk about okay. that. Right, yeah. In the synopsis, he talked about <laughs> Blonsky coming in and telling Mr. Blue, I want, I want what Bruce has. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which again, that makes sense to me if he didn't already have a super soldier serum. <laughs> yeah. But I think but I think what he said is like the super soldier thing is not good enough. I yeah. want more. No, no, it's still but I think they could have abandoned the fact that there is any super soldier serum and he says, I just want what Banner has. That makes yeah. sense to me that he becomes abomination just well, on what Banner has. And I think I mean we talked about three beats last week with Iron Man. His Blonsky's fights with the Hulk are three beats. It's like true. we established that the Hulk is stronger than a human in the first fight. Yeah. We reinforce that the Hulk is stronger than a human in the second instance because he's peak human and Hulk is still stronger. Yeah. So we subvert expectation in the end by saying Hulk is stronger than another Hulk, essentially. Interesting. So it's That's a very a I, I actually, another bigger Hulk. I actually really like that. that but he actually that almost isn't. Back. He actually almost just outthinks Abomination at the end. Abomination is more intelligent, clearly, because he can speak, and he's bigger and stronger. I think. I think you're right. I think mm. he just. Yeah. I think. Then maybe what we're passion. subverting in the end is that it's not Hulk's physical strength, but it's something intrinsic about the banner inside yeah, of Hulk. Yeah, Bruce inside of the Hulk. Sure. Um, I do want to address just while we're kind of blazing through this when they're with. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Blue in his lab. I think it's absolutely absurd that his secret lab has enormous windows yeah. into it. And point. old like <laughs> computer tech from like the late like yeah. late eighties. But it's like it's like come to my lab that's through a secret passageway in my apartment. By the way, enormous bay windows leading out <laughs> into the city. I think it's dumb that upon seeing yeah. those windows and knowing that he's on the run, Bruce decided to stand in front of those windows. It and doesn't Hulk, make any sense Hulk to out me. In the middle of this apartment. Yeah. Yeah. It'd like, be totally cool with that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, I, again, just kind of coming back to Liv Tyler's entire performance in Mr. Blue's house. Of, and I love Liv Tyler. That's what I yeah. don't understand. But what else have you loved her in besides Lord of the Rings? That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love everything. Well, I mean, Armageddon. She's, uh, she was fine in Armageddon. She's yeah. fine in Armageddon. Yeah. I love her as uh, oh 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 Steven Tyler's daughter. Yeah, that's uh, cool. <laughs> ooh ooh, Awen. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Arwen, it's Arwen. fine. Uh, I pronounce the way that she likes it. <laughs> oh, you mean like the way the other character named Awen pronounces it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you but uh, that one. <laughs> but yeah, that that whole apartment's pretty pretty much from hotel room on. The movie was a wash for me. I yeah. really liked that. Um, they basically cured Bruce, but he didn't know if it was officially cured or not, which led to a cool climax for me of saying when he says, I'm the only one that can stop him. I got to go down there. And then she says, you don't, even know, you don't even know if it's still in you. I think that was a cool like, yeah. oh, shoot, I guess this might not work out well. Yeah. Even though a moviegoer knows yeah. he's going to yeah. Hulk out. Well, but for me, for me, knowing what their knowledge is that he might not be the Hulk anymore, trying to become the Hulk by diving headfirst out of a plane seems a little risky. But it was the only option. Was it? Yes, because you can't beat the Hulk or the Abomination with anything. Yeah, but you could, just land the, you could just land the plane elsewhere. And try and, and make let him, him angry. get out. God. But I think, but <laughs> I think, his, I mean, at that point, his heart rays out. At that point, he hulks out <laughs> he right goes next for to a people. Jog. <laughs> He's got to get his heart rate. Yell at me, yell at me. He's like, I got to do four hundred jumping jacks. Go, 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 go. <laughs> 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 
There's just a roast session in the helicopter. Like, you're so stupid. General Ross, like, you got weird nipples. Yeah, so then we get the final fight of this movie. Well, let me tell you, so in the helicopter. Okay. All right. Okay, it's David's turn. Have I given my super pump? No. I don't think I have. You're going you're gonna to hate me for this uh, <laughs> because we're here in this movie and so I'm going to throw out my super pump because I love the line and really what it signifies where he says, I need to go down there. They say, no, you can't. You don't even know if it's still in you. And she says, you think you can control it? He says, not control it. Maybe just aim, aim it. it. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. I love That's that. That's really cool. Because it's it, it brings a whole new level of why he can control it later and Hulk out is no, I'm not, I'm not saying I can control the actions of the Hulk, but I can focus it on one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that'll work. I love that. Yeah. It's interesting. It doesn't quite resonate with comic book Hulk because comic book Hulk is a lot more Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde of like two separate personalities and yeah. Hulk has desires and motivations and Bruce Banner has desires and motivations. Hulk in this is treated like a Godzilla is. Yeah. Like you said, he's a force of nature. He's something to be aimed. Yeah. Um, and Hulk is really treated like that up until Ragnarok. Yeah. When yeah. we see Hulk speaking and interacting as a character. Yeah, for sure. But that is a really cool line. Yeah. yeah. So from there, from there, they... I was really worried you were going to say that your super pump was when he used two halves of a car as boxing gloves. Ugh. Oof. No. Also. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. Uh, yeah, the whole fight scene in the basically a one-way street where they just line up abominations, really just kind of toying around with his powers that he's found. Mm. He just wants to destroy things, apparently. He has no real goal other than just wanting power. Yeah. Is yeah. we're supposed to? Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. Well, I think he basically just wants to beat Hulk. Well, and that's the question. Is If he just wants to beat Hulk, then he's Hulk's antagonist. Yeah. If Hulk is his primary obstacle. Mm-hmm. If what he wants is... You know, it's it's whatever comes after. I wish I had the body I had 10 years ago with the knowledge I have now. Yeah. Whatever line comes after. If he says, so I can beat the Hulk, then he's a good antagonist for the Hulk. But if he says, so I can be unstoppable, then the Hulk is just an incident that's in his and way. he's just a two-dimensional yeah. villain at that yeah. point. But I believe he does say in that line, like, bring me the Hulk. Yeah. Like, send, yeah. Him, send him to me. There's so, so much that's left just up to audience interpretation. Yeah. So Hulk comes down. Um, we kind of get something that they played with before where, like, you... You don't know if he's gonna Hulk out. Yeah. Like, oh no, I guess it maybe is out of him. And then the green hand comes up, mm. which for the first watch is cool. Yeah. Uh, they kind of repeat that in the Hulk, but they make it, or in Ragnarok, but it's kind of more of a joke. Yeah. They do it the other way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, they do a fight scene, which we've talked about a ton of times in this podcast. Two super strength heroes fighting at the end, or hero and villain fighting at the end. Not super fun to watch after a couple minutes. Yeah. It can get really repetitive. It's the interesting thing about our podcast is that we consistently say that fight scenes are the most boring part of a superhero movie. But well done fight scenes are not. Fight scenes that have an emotional reason. Yeah. Yeah. And a or, narrative reason for being as long or involved as they but do. But I can I can even get I mean, yes, that always is going to make me actually compelled to care who wins the fight beyond just like I like this character more than this character. But I can even let some of that go if the fight scene is dope. Like a lot of the fighting in Civil War is so cool. Yes, guys, know? I can't wait till we get to Civil War. <laughs> I'm very it's such a such a gold standard one, for me. But, yeah. Like there there is there is a way to do a fight scene that is in the same way that there's a way to do a car chase that is not boring. There's a way to do a fight scene that's not boring. Yeah, and punch trading is boring, and when it's Two hard hitters 
head to head like that, that's all it's going to be is punch trading and like yeah. nothing. There's no room for like cool things. It doesn't quite manage that same subversion of the trope that Iron Man does where it starts as punch trading and then just turns into Iron Man getting the crap beat out of him by yeah, Iron Monger. Exactly. This really is just like, okay, it's abominations turn to punch Hulk. Now yeah. it's Hulk's turn to punch abomination. Now I will tell you, and uh, I'm going to super dump on... Uh, this moment right here kind of up at the end and it's not necessarily this exact moment but just more what it represents which is Betty Ross getting out and telling him to stop strangling out Abomination because I remember the first time watching this ever being like he's gonna kill him yeah, and like not being excited for like yeah death but like <laughs> thinking like okay interesting like he's gonna have a reason to go back on the run he's gonna have a reason to like be afraid of the Hulk because the Hulk is uncontrollable like this is awesome and I remember like being like, oh, he's just going to strangle him out until he's dead. Yeah. And then Betty gets out and is like, stop. And then he's just like, okay. That was just should we dump? Yeah. But yeah. not that scene in general or like as a scene, but more what it represents, which is just like Hulk is a slave to the power that is Betty Ross. It's true. Yeah. But I think that's pretty, pretty on point with from what I, they've set up Betty Ross to be. Yeah, I know that she can calm him down, but yeah. I would think that like head to head with his mortal and only enemy at this point would be the one time that he's like, no, I got to protect everybody. Does Hulk here. love no, Betty so. or is it the banner that is like pushed to the side in Hulk's brain that loves Betty. Betty? I feel like it's both. I, I feel th- like it's probably the banner in Hulk that has caused the Hulk to love Betty, but I think that it's both. Because I think, you know, she says it in the beginning of the movie maybe there's a little bit of you in there and he says no 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 there's not well but i think they're i think they're trying to again at the end resolve no there is a little bit of that's the dump about this movie, movie is that they they can't and it carries through the mcu they can't figure out what they're trying to say about the hulk yeah. Yeah. like there's not that's part of what to me a one one small thing that breaks the fiction of this is that when you set rules in fiction you got to follow them or the audience is going to have a hard time investing i don't understand the rules that govern the Hulk. You know what I mean? Like they, there doesn't seem to be a consistent interpretation or consistent explanation for yeah. this is the Hulk. This is what happens when he hulks. This is why he hulks. This is how he hulks. You know yeah. what I mean? It just kind of is different from movie to movie. Yeah. But I feel like you, that what we're kind of ignoring here is the line kind of near the end where the Hulk turns around and looks at Betty and goes, what's up girl? <laughs> <laughs> I think and it's voiced that, by Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, right? yeah. And I think that, that really shows that the Hulk <laughs> does love Betty. Well, yeah. From from there, uh, we just have our double epilogues, right? Well, and I well, and I think uh, a question that comes into place is uh, Abomination is still alive. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere, so he is in the MCU. He's supposedly locked away in the raft. The the supervillain, the prison in the middle of the ocean. Got it. Where, Gosh, I hope where, we do something with that at some where point. Where Team Cap is cool. locked up at the end of Civil War. Yeah. So why didn't Abomination have a a little bit of a Easter egg or did, did he, did he <laughs> No, he did not. Um, supposedly he's like locked up in the raft or in a different shield supervillain prison. I'd be cool with, honestly, now that we've gone through it, I'm cool with him coming back. Abomination. I would be cool with him being in the background of something. Like if they have to go to the raft for some reason and we see him just like sitting yeah. sad. In a I cell. think he was in, if I remember correctly from agents of shield, there was like some sort of supervillain prison. Maybe it was in the Triskelion, the, the building that the helicarriers fall on in Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. the S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ. There was some sort of supervillain prison that was destroyed, and then they were like, the villains got out, we got to get them. But, and maybe Abomination was one of those. Or maybe he just got squashed by the helicarrier so, as it fell. So, I mean, 
canonically, he's in some sort of super prison well, in the MCU. It, and the question is always, can Hulk die? And the answer is usually no. So that means Abomination can't die. Yeah. If we're drawing that conclusion. So, so he's still in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, we did establish that uh, this is still kind of a sequel to the 2003 Hulk. But so also, it's it was, most, it's it was at the time. Not, but mostly, mostly not, not but sequel. kind of. Yeah. So yeah. we can refer to the MCU as the house that Eric Bana built. Yeah, that's true. It's the Hulk, the Thanks, Hulk Eric. universe. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Uh, but after that, yeah, we close with the, the two epilogues, the two closings for yeah. the characters. You have... Uh, Tony. T- yeah, well, you have... First, you have Banner. Is that first? Yeah, yeah it is. If Learning to control the Hulk, um, which is interesting because the next time we see this character, he can't control the Hulk. And he's also Mark Ruffalo. Um, and he's also Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> also I'm just going to go ahead and real quick just dump on the look on his face at the very end. Smile. It makes yeah. me so uncomfortable. Yeah. I hated it because it made it look like Hulk's a villain now. Like It was so weird. It's interesting yeah, it that you did. say that because at this time they were kicking around the idea of Hulk being the villain of the Avengers. Were they really? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So it was it was set up to either place him as the villain of the Avengers, or I can see them doing that, or yeah. insinuate that he can control. Like the Avengers are called in because they're like, we have this rampaging monster that we can't stop. Yeah, we're Shield and we have all this tech and we can't stop him. We need you guys to stop the Hulk. Well, and again, Interesting. Uh, it's that Batman versus Superman thing of like they have to fight and then they'll be friends. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad they didn't do that. Me I, too. I'm very glad they didn't do that. But again, that goes to okay, is the Hulk Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, or is he not? And, and that's the thing. It depends. It depends on the movie in the MCU. Like, yeah. like comic books over time have settled into like, okay, this is the Hulk. This is what he does when he's Hulk. This is what he does when he's Banner. This yeah. is the relationship between the two. And the MCU still seems like it's trying to find its footing. I yeah. think Ragnarok was a huge step in the right direction, or at least a step in the comic direction. Um, but but we'll see if that status quo seems. I'll to hold say up. I'm at least thankful they're consistent with who Banner is because like once it becomes Mark Ruffalo, like I don't know. I just I associate Mark Ruffalo with like cardigans and soft talking yeah it makes he's a happy. great he's a great bruce banner yeah but anyway i mean i think we're kind of we've said done. we've said all yeah. the incredible things yeah. we can say about this incredible oh. movie so is it uh it's time to rate is it time, time to, to rate, rate? <laughs> all right we pull out we pull out our scientific cinema scale oh, we're ready for it the forecast calls for some heavy rate <laughs> nice Very thanks good. guys very good. Uh, so uh, we here at Two Chunks and a Hunk have come up with our very own way of rating movies. It's called the Scientific Cinema Scale. That's perfect. Uh, we checked it <laughs> against science. Uh, so we're just going to read that out to you now and let you know how we're going to rate it before we actually deliver our ratings. So the best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, it don't, don't lend, lend it, it buy that poster. Uh, the next best thing we could ever say, buy it. You know what I mean? Spend some, spend some kashish. <laughs> <laughs> buy that movie. Uh, the next best thing after that that we could say about a movie, rent it. You know, spend a little kashish, but like don't own it. It's not worth that. Yeah. Uh, the next best thing that we could say about a movie is blow your nose. David blowing his nose. Uh, but then after that, it's going to be stream it, which stream means it. if you already have it available on a streaming service, watch it. Stream Go it out of your nose but, like David's boogers <laughs> streamed into that Kleenex. But don't spend your kashish, please. Um, after that, the next best thing we could say about a movie, second worst thing we could say about a movie, forget it. You're just better off if you pretend this movie didn't exist. And then the very worst thing we could ever possibly say about a movie God, God hath forsaken, forsaken us. I almost missed that one. <laughs> so, Doge, why don't you first. start? Um, 
This was a tough one to rate because as I said last week, I do own every Marvel movie and <laughs> the special edition of those Marvel movies. You can't take that so into account. So really what I'm doing now is saying, was it worth it? Yep. There you go. For me, I'm going to rate this a forget it. Not because it's bad. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's plenty enjoyable, plenty entertaining to watch, but forget it just because it's confusing. If you're trying to absorb the MCU as a whole, as like one entire piece, you could skip this one. You can skip this one. Sense. I skipped this one. This I is my see, second time ever watching this movie. Me too. I didn't see this until after the Avengers and I don't feel like I was lost. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, I'm bringing a ton of extra textual knowledge in yeah. um, from a childhood spend reading comic books instead of like hanging out with people or like doing <laughs> things that real people dating, do dating women dating girls <laughs> but playing, playing, playing sports yeah so all that to say forget it not because it's bad just because you don't need it because yeah. you're better than this <laughs> that's a good, good I, way to say it uh was stuck between forget it and stream it and i'm gonna give it a stream it um with the caveat that i really do not like this movie mm-hmm. don't don't enjoy it i probably won't ever watch it again yeah um again there 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 are a couple things that i like about it yeah. but as a movie i am not a fan and so uh i'm gonna say stream it only because it is part of the mcu um and i think that having a little extra backstory on Hulk going into Avengers could be useful knowing why he is where he is, why he's living in like a little like Havana town. Like, I think that's super Havana, useful. Oh, nah, nah. <laughs> but, Where's uh, in- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm going to give it a stream it. Yeah. Uh, I am. Yeah. I was definitely between stream it and forget it. I'm going to give it a stream it. Uh, but it's interesting because when, when Thursday came, and I realized I had to watch Incredible Hulk. I didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, I didn't either. And that that speaks something. I watched it, and there were good parts, but I didn't love it. I would say the movie, the quality of the movie as a standalone movie, which is what I believe we're rating it as, is a stream it. Yeah. If you if it's on Netflix and you're looking for a movie, it's a good movie by itself. You could watch it. It's not great. However, if you are going through the MCU in preparation for the Infinity War movie, I would say forget it. Just skip right over it. Skip it. Yeah. So my rating for the movie, stream it. My rating for this as a part of a, a larger whole is forget it. Dude, see, my rating is the exact same as yours for the exact opposite reason. I would yeah. say as a standalone movie, there is no point in watching it at all because it's yeah. not good. But I would say if you're preparing for something like <laughs> Infinity War, it might be worth a quick watch just because it is part of what you're building. Up I guess to. I'm rating it. It's okay to forget this if you want. <laughs> yeah, like, that's fair. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. So. Um, Next week we are diving in to Thor. No, Iron, Iron Man, Man 2. Two. Oh my god! know. you can watch Thor if you want, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about that. Iron Man Two, Iron Man Two, because we did go through the uh, Robert Downey Jr. has to pop up every other movie for the first uh-huh. couple yep. movies they make. Yep, and, and Iron Man Two is exciting because that's kind of when the universe starts to expand. It is. Yeah, it is because we're going to meet uh, maybe at the expense of story. What's her name in the her like American name? Natasha Romanoff. No, her, she has like a fake American oh, really? name in Iron Man too. I can't remember. Really? Yeah, no, I don't remember that at all. Because they don't reveal that she's Russian until the end. Oh, I guess we're gonna find <laughs> out. Or next because week. she has no Russian accent ever. I think it's yeah. like I think it's like Natasha Randall Rock Rock Heath Rock Boy Rock Boy. Well, 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 I was gonna say the thing. Kevin Kevin uh, is it we Feige don't know. or Feige? I don't know. I don't know. We called him. <laughs> so were you were you just knowing my question before I said it? Yep. I know okay. exactly what you're going to ask. Yeah, I'm so, going to go with Kevin 
Fage. Fage. Kevin F. Kevin F. Kevin F. Uh, in an interview, he said uh, after, at, at the premiere of this movie that it was hard to not play with all the toys in the sandbox and really just focus on one movie. And I think, like we're saying in Iron Man 2, I think he started to like get some He started toys to play with a bunch there. of toys and realized maybe it is better to pick a favorite toy for this movie. Yep. Yeah. So, Iron Man 2. So if that doesn't get you excited about our podcast... <laughs> No one will. Nothing ever will. <laughs> well, it's it's that time to end again. But before we let you go, we have a special shout out to our number one fan, our favorite sponsor, our first ever official sponsor of the show. Yeah. Stephen Baker. Stephen Baker. Stephen Baker. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Stephen, for existing. <laughs> yeah. And so we want to offer a special promo to our audience. If you go to stephenbaker.com backslash chunky, you get some free beats. Steven's a good drummer and he'll give you free beats at stephenbaker.com backslash chunk. <laughs> but uh, anyway, as always, for this week and forever, I'm Jordan Wonders. I'm Doge. I'm David. And here at Two Chunks and a Hunk, all we say is Hulk, 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 Hulk. Hulk, 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 Set. Hulk, 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 Hulk. It's incredible. Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. He's great. Hulk, 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 Bruce Banner. Hulk, it's incredible. Hulk, Bruce Banner. Hulk, he's great. Hulk, Bruce Banner. Hulk, it's incredible. Hulk, 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 Abomination. Hulk, 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 Gamma Ray. Hulk, 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 Who's that Hulk in the corner? Hey, the show just ended, so if you're still listening, thanks so much. But also, why are you still here? <laughs> it's over. Go home. But while we have you here, if you want to shout out our next episode, then post about us on social media, hashtag official chunky. That's C-H-U-N-K-Y. And with this knowledge, you, you too can, can fly. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.